What's up and welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. I am your host, Jay Apaji, recording this on Sunday, June 11th at around 10.15 p.m. Central Time. Not too much going on in the Mavs world right now. Uh, it's in the days leading up to the draft. We're about 10 days away from the NBA draft happening on June 22nd. Or maybe it's 23rd, I can't remember now. But we're, we're getting close, but still a little over a week away until the draft. Uh, a lot of stuff developing in the draft world right now about who teams like, who they don't like, trying to figure out what's a smokescreen and what's not a smokescreen. And so, you know, it's happening a lot at the top of the draft board, but it's also kind of happening towards the middle of the lottery uh, where the Mavericks sit right now. And, you know, it seems like there's, there's one prospect in particular that the Mavericks have their eyes on right now if they were to keep their pick, and that's Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Um, you know, Black is a, is a guard, um, but he's 6'7 and almost 200 pounds, so he's kind of got wing size. Uh, and he's also a native of the Dallas area, which is a plus. And that would be really cool to see him wearing a Mavericks uniform. So we're going to talk a little bit about what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, and how he could fit with the Mavericks next season. Because uh, I do think that he has a lot of skill that could immediately impact them. So... We'll get right into it, but I got to introduce uh, our co-host for today, Rohan Vinay Fazel. How's it going, guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, just on that school grind as always, but I am interested to see how things go for the Mavs because there have been a lot of great developments amidst all this shitstorm. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's really all I've got to begin with. I think if we keep the pick, someone crazy is going to fall to 10. I mean, pretty cut and dry. Uh, this is not basketball related, but I think I've slept 12 hours in the last four days. So doing great. Doing great personally. I am not seeing doodles on the walls. That is not a joke. I'm not seeing doodles on the walls. I promise you. I would tell you if I was. <laughs> That's good. But I'm sure there's a lot of doodles on the walls in the office of Nico Harrison right now. Sorry nice. for that corny joke. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was a good pivot. True. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I agree with Vinay. Like, I mean, as the time goes on and as we try to, you know, discern more about what's going on uh, with the draft lottery order and what teams are thinking, it's hard to rule out that there will be a surprise on draft night. I mean, we see a lot of smoke about like Bilal Koulibaly, for example, uh, being Utah's pick at number nine. Uh, we hear about Case and Wallace potentially going in the top 10 now after he was mocked, you know, in maybe the, the back end of the lottery. Now suddenly he's jumped in the top 10. So we don't know for sure about any of this, but if even one of those two things were to happen, there will be a quality prospect like Anthony Black, like Taylor Hendricks, that drops down to number 10. And then the only question at that point is, will the Mavericks keep their pick or will they trade it in a deal for a veteran or trade down to offload a contract? Um or gain assets in the process. But as our friend Richard, uh, a.k.a. Mavs Draft, said, I believe Friday, uh, he said that he believes that it would be more likely for the Mavericks to trade up to get Anthony Black as opposed to trade down and package the pick with Davis Bertans or Tim Hardaway Jr., for example. And he wasn't saying that in the sense that he believes the Mavericks will trade up, but he was saying that in the sense that they like Anthony Black that much. Broadly, I can understand why. I can understand also why he fits a philosophy of young guys that have been drafted to the Mavs in Josh Green, 
uh, and Jaden Hardy uh, and can play alongside them and also stagger their minutes with a few of them. It, it just allows you to have some versatility, also allows you to maybe trade one or two of them. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the episode. But uh, I, I think he is a pretty versatile player. Uh, I'll let Fossil or Vinay get more into what impressed them. Um, but especially in an instance where Wallace rises... I see him being an extremely fortunate fall because I frankly see him as a player with a lot more upside than Wallace. I know people will look at me like I'm crazy because he's a what Drew Holiday starter kit. I think Richie said to me once, um, and that's not to say Casey Wallace isn't a great player. I just I I think of the two of them, I would rather have Anthony Black just because of his physical stature and for all of his weaknesses. I think you can't teach that. So, yeah, specifically on Black versus Wallace, Black, I, I agree with you. I think Black fits here better uh, because I think I trust him to guard bigger guys immediately, more so than Case and Wallace, who's a little bit slighter. But I think he's about 6'3. Um, Drew Holiday starter kit comment reminds me of the Nerlens Noel is the Tyson Chandler starter kit comment. So that kind of gives me some wary. Uh, I mean, I like Anthony Black. I, he kind of reminds me of Lonzo Ball before he. Unfortunately, his career looks like it's going to be short because of his knees. But, I mean, before that, Lonzo fixed his shot a little bit. I don't know if Anthony Black will get to that level of shooter. But just being, like, kind of the connecting elite role player type of hybrid next year scores, and in our case, actual stars. No offense to DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine over in Chicago. Keep doing your thing, making the play in every year. <laughs> do you. But, um, yeah, I just think Anthony Black would be a better connector piece than Cason Wallace. And, like... For Mavs fans, like, worst case scenario, like, for what our draft options are at number 10, it seems like it's going to be, like, worst case scenario would be, like, between Case and Wallace and Grady Dick. And that's, like, everything didn't go our way top nine. And if one of those guys jumps before us, like, let's say Orlando is dying to have shooting next to Paolo Bancaro and Franz, and they want to make sure they get Grady Dick at six, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say that does happen, then that's just one more prospect that falls down the ledger for to potentially fall to you yeah and i mean we've seen anthony black mocked um you know as high as four in mock drafts so i mean there's certainly no guarantee that he's available at 10 for the mavericks and i think that's what's you know so exciting if, if you will about like this draft is that outside of maybe the top two picks the rest is extremely unpredictable and maybe top three picks i think we know it's going to be victor miller scoot but then after that who's at four through ten uh, we don't have too much clarity on that yet. So, yeah, to your point, Vinay, there's absolutely going to be a quality prospect available at 10. Um, and I think that if the Mavericks do go the trading down route, there's a player that someone else would be willing to trade up for. So I think the Mavericks are shaping up to have a good draft night, knock on wood. What's interesting to me is to, like, I know, okay, the Mavericks love Anthony Black if we go by these reports, but, like, how much do they love him? Like, in comparison to, like, Taylor Hendricks and Jairus Walker, I just would love to know as a fan, like, where do they rank those guys? Because, like, us as fans, we want the forwards first before Anthony Black, right? But, like, if the Mavericks have, like, a certain type of aptitude for Anthony Black's playmaking compared to those two guys, then, I don't know, that's just kind of interesting, like, to see, like, how Nico Harrison might prefer players as opposed to, like, maybe us as fans, even though our opinions don't matter. You know, I've thought about this too, and, and I think the the reason is just Anthony Black's positional versatility on both ends is something that's very tantalizing, right? Like, he's a point guard, uh, but he's got the 6'7 height, 
right? And he's got the ability to defend one through three comfortably, maybe even slide down to the four on defense in some scenarios. Uh, you know, he's got the playmaking, like he's a good passer. Like you said, Lonzo Ball is exactly the type of player that comes to mind uh, when trying to think of an NBA comp. Uh, and then also, like, you look at what Mark Cuban uh, said towards the end of last season where he gave that long press conference before one of the last games of the season, um, where he said that, that, you know, where the league has trended towards speed and athleticism, and that's where the Mavericks lack. Anthony Black is a player that has a proven track record of being able to get out in transition and score and make plays. And I think, you know, from that perspective, that's where he could really take this team from being, you know, one of being dead last in the league in pace. Uh, I mean, I don't think single-handedly he could bring them up from there, but like he could definitely enhance our transition game. Uh, and then, you know, you do have concerns about the shooting, but I think we've seen it now with Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., like guys who weren't amazing shooters prior to playing with Luka suddenly becoming uh, good shooters next to Luca, like that's certainly an area which I think the Mavericks would have a lot of faith in him developing, playing in the system. I think something that we have to actually critically look at is how limited he is as a as just attacking the basket. And it's in the SEC in college, you're gonna face one level of competition. You got to also remember, like even the SEC isn't as strong as it was three years ago. Like the way the NBA draft rules have changed have taken a lot of talent that originally would have maybe filtered into these schools that are no longer there um that being said i i don't i don't think that anthony black is going to be outpaced by any small forward in the league it's just i don't know i'm more comfortable than josh green guarding a four hell yeah but i'm still not confident in any sense that anthony black can be what I mean, Jairus Walker has mixed defense, has a mixed defensive bag, but I know that he can physically defend a four, right? He has the strength, I think, to defend a four, switch onto a five, right? Like, as much as we can say these guys in the Mavs organizations love this guy, I have to say, as just, just evaluating what I'm seeing and of my opinion, I think there is a level of the Mavs being too high on this guy who has defensive versatility but expecting him to do too much and we already expect this of josh green i'm going to be honest he's not a faster player than josh green and we see how much josh green struggles to attack defenses not saying that their dribble or their handle is the same but it's going to take him a little bit and a couple more steps in his bag to become close to what Jaden hardy was to end the season Right, So there's an overlap here on offense which might make the Mavs feel like, okay, that's a boon because he doesn't have to be otherworldly immediately. But all in all, I see a, a huge overemphasis, frankly, um, on his strengths. Not very importantly, keying in on the fact that the NBA game is just way faster and that the things that he hasn't reached that advanced level of just like, you know, it's that is his bread and butter completely. He can develop that, but it's going to take time. You know, I don't I don't think it's responsible for us to be like this guy can can help us anchor the defense and help us run in transition. I think Jaden Hardy and Josh Green will be miles better at that. 
just with their experience. I, I, I disagree with you a little bit about um, maybe your, your point about Anthony Black not quite being up to Josh Green's level in the, the transition game. Um, I wasn't saying transition game, but I, yeah, getting the basket, but yeah. Yeah, getting, getting to the basket. I mean, if you do watch his tape, I mean, Anthony Black has got that downhill speed and the downhill skill to go and score. I think Josh Green has it in him, but, you know, he kind of suffers from what we were talking about with Asar Thompson, right? He picks up his dribble a little bit too soon. Um, and his ability to just go straight to the basket and finish is still something he's working on right now. I yeah. think Anthony Black has got that in his game already it's more about you know his some other aspects of his half court game like pull up twos or even you know three point shooting off the bounce like those are aspects in which he's not there yet but in a in a math system like he's not really going to be dependent on uh to do that because you got luca and you know most likely going to have kyrie irving to do a lot of the creation i feel like it's a little bit of a misconception with him because i kind of agree with you on his weaknesses so i actually think like is actually better suited to play kind of a role player role as opposed to going to one of these other teams and being the lead point guard immediately like from the wizards i don't necessarily want to trust my chances of bradley beal staying or not based on anthony black just kind of dictating the floor or whatnot like you kind of went with that with dinwiddie and now you want to trust a rookie point guard like i don't think that's the best situation for anthony black like where he can be a role player like connecting type and i could see why the mavericks like him a lot i think i'm a little bit higher on him than rohan is um I can see why the Mavericks like him a lot. And to Jay's point, like maybe he offers a defensive versatility that you're just not going to get from any other avenue you go in, like via trade or free agency. Like you're just not going to find that type of talent to be able to do that type of stuff. I just want to reiterate what I said because I did say a lot and I understand that. Um, I said, I don't think that he can guard fours, and I think Jay overemphasized what he can do in transition. My biggest criticism of his offensive game, though, was that when it comes to attacking the basket, he's great at straight line drives, meaning he's great in transition. It's the side-to-side movement, acceleration, deceleration, that he just, like, it's not, it's like, I'm not even seeing the bare bones of it. To be fair, I haven't seen the most footage. I could be proven wrong, right? And I don't think he would be a bad pick. I just think we're overemphasizing what he can do and not criticizing enough uh, I mean, how it might translate poorly, right? Do you feel that with any of these rookies? Like, do you think I feel like, all of them have weaknesses, to be fair? Oh, right? yeah, for sure. I think like anyone in general is probably overemphasizing what a rookie, any of these rookies, even like if Victor Wembayama, for example, played for us year one, like we're probably going to overemphasize what he would be able to do. Okay, well, uh, I don't really care about being right in an argument, but it seems kind of pedantic to boil it down to, oh, he's a rookie, he has weak. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying y'all gave strengths. I'm saying that there are criticisms to those strengths, right? No. To, that being said, I think he's a great pick at 10, especially if he falls. And like I said, I would rather have him over Wallace. I think his versatility and his upside, especially into the future and with who the Mavs have at those young guard wing spots, it just fits. And, and, and let's be honest here. One of the biggest reasons why the Mavericks would like him is his on-ball defense. I mean, you watch his tape and it's absolutely elite. You know, his ability to chase players around you know, and stay in front of the, you know, his men and provide resistance towards the rim. I mean, that's a skill that will translate to day one 
with the Mavericks, and there's nobody else on this team that can do that right now besides maybe Josh Green. So, you know, build, building on that, having another player that's young, athletic, has the motor to stay with their man and stay in front of their man, uh, I think that's a large part of the appeal with Anthony Black and trusting that your player development uh, and his work ethic will lead to improvement on the offensive end. Very well put. Uh, yeah, especially because it makes Josh Green have to do less on the offensive end while also making him expendable from a trade value perspective. Yeah, um, I do think that if we give Anthony Black too much responsibility on day one, it's not really going to end that well for him, um, at least in his rookie season. I think he is, as far as these high-end lottery pick um, players go, he is kind of a project. Uh, I would enjoy picking Case and Wallace because I think he would be more NBA-ready on day one. And, of course, if we're going to stick with a pick instead of trading it off, then I'm definitely looking for somebody who can fit in better on day one. But with that being said, like, you know, I, I if we can keep Luca and Kyrie both, I, I don't really feel the urgency to be a strong, as close to a finals competitor as you can be in year one if, you know, the decisions you make contrary to that mean in years two and three and so on and so forth are set up better for the future and drafting Anthony black could be one of those moves. I do think that um, the Spencer Dinwiddie comparison is, has potential to be apt, uh, especially if black can develop a better three point shot. Um, And if he can be a more willing shooter, Spencer was a very willing shooter, especially a three point shooter with us. And he shot, you know, career high numbers from distance. Uh, That's something that's very important to, if you're going to have to work with Luca and Kyrie in the flow of that offense as the off guard, um, especially if you're running a three guard lineup with all three of those guys that Black has to really acclimate to. Um, but I will say that the some of the better qualities he has that he can bring on day one, such as the on ball defense and whatnot, and the um, ability to push it in transition, that's also very important. Uh, his salary would be, of course, pretty well controlled for cost due to the nature of a rookie contract. Um, I, I, it took me a while to warm up to him, actually. I didn't really see the vision at first, but I guess you know now after doing a decent bit of analysis and talking it over with other people, I can see the vision. Um, I think it's just, at the end of the day, the most important thing is making sure that he doesn't get overloaded on day one, you know, year one. Um, that's a pretty quick way for most rookies who aren't freaking, I don't know, Luca or LeBron type generational players to uh, turn into busts. So that would be, you know, for somebody like Anthony Black, it's more like Sloan study, you know, just like Josh Green. I think playing off of Luca, he's going to look good. You know, he really does have the skill set to be a great role player. Um, in every sense of the word word around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, right? Uh, and off the bench, right next to Hardy and Josh Green, you have versatility. Switchability, I mean, Hardy is obviously the weak point there, but we saw at the end of the last season, his effort um, and just his lateral quickness uh, wasn't as suspect as we went into the season thinking, maybe from Summer League. Um 
And because of that, I I fully expect that if all three of them are Mavericks heading into the season, that that bench lineup is going to wreak some havoc. Um, I know last year Jay said Jaden Hardy is, you know, I'm not going to repeat it, but he mentioned Jaden Hardy in a former point guard for the Dallas Mavericks. And I was Um, right about that. I don't know if you were right in the hyperbole. I'm, I'm, I think you were I think you're right in the emotional <laughs> vibe. And I think yeah. here if they draft Anthony Black and it I mean I I fully expect Jason Kidd to, you know, let him ease into things. Um and the coaching staff to let him ease into things. I could see this all in all being a better bench uh lineup bench rotation than even that Western Conference finals clen- uh, clinching team. Right. So yeah, I, I think it solves a lot of problems. I spent a ton of time talking about Anthony Black, but like he can't be like the only move, I guess, that you make for defensive purposes. Like Rohan's saying, like he's not like if he's in the finals right now, there's no chance he could be able to guard Aaron Gordon one on one for a whole stretch of a game. Like you definitely need to add more size regardless of if you draft Anthony Black or not. No, absolutely. I mean, he's not going to solve the Mavs defensive issues single handedly, but he's that archetype of player that they need. And getting having the opportunity to pick someone in the draft is, I think, rare and something that they'd have to consider heavily, you know, not only for this year, of course, but for the future. Because I really do think he can become that lead point of attack defender that Dorian Finney-Smith was for so many years for the Mavericks, but at a much higher level because you already see how good he is right now. And I think, you know, as his body develops, uh, it's only going to get better. So, you know, he would only be a start. But I think, like, you know, in the draft, like, you don't really draft for need. You draft for the best player available or your most talented player. And I think he's got that combination of day one skill sets that actually do fit a very pressing need for the Mavericks, but also a ton of developmental potential that could turn him into one of the best prospects in this class, you know, three, four years down the road. No, absolutely. And it it would... I hate to keep harping on it, but it fits so well next to Green and Hardy. It really does. Like to have those three guys off your bench as young guys on their rookie scale contracts, the Mavs have not done that historically. Um, so it's good to see. It would be good to see. Yeah, and and I have faith in their player development too, um, because you see how they handled Jaden Hardy's rookie year. Uh, I mean, you know, in Jaden Hardy's case, he played a lot of the first half of the season in the G League. I wouldn't expect that to happen with Anthony Black but uh, I think you know the similar approach where they sort of ease his workload as the season goes on seemed to pay off in a big way for Jaden Hardy so I think with Anthony Black it's reasonable to expect that that would be the case too Um, the only concern or maybe question I have is if you're the Mavericks GM are you trying to acquire a starter with the 10th pick or are you okay if that player comes off the bench Personally, I'm not really sure if there's a correct answer to that question, but wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, I mean, I, I kind of just wanted them to do the best prospect available analysis, and that's kind of it. Like, whether it's a bench player or a starter, uh, that's besides the point. But, I mean, with Anthony Black's, like, what his two main skills are, like elite court processing and then defensive versatility, that's, like, usually two areas that rookies usually come in and struggle with and why they're not able to see the floor early on. So maybe compared to other rookies, Anthony Black's able to play earlier than, you know, he should. What was the question? Um, No, my question was just like seeing that the Mavericks are in need of, you know, two and maybe even three starting caliber players this offseason. 
how important is it for the Mavericks to get a starter if they do select a player with the 10th pick? I mean, how important is it? I would say if you're going to keep the pick, it's pretty important. Um, the 10th pick, you don't just use that lightly, but at the same time, if you're convinced, if you're truly convinced, and I'm talking about from the perspective of the front office, the guy you're picking is the best player available and he is more more than likely going to be a starter on the team in a couple of years' time. Um, keep in mind, you know, Kyrie's on the wrong side of 30, so he could regress with, you know, throughout the next few years. I hope not, but it's very much possible. Um, picking a guard, if you truly have that as the best player available and if they're not starting year one that's that's okay i don't really have an issue with that just as long as the vision is there first of all you know we've certainly criticized the mavs a a lot over the past i don't know decade for having these half-cocked plans where there seems like they're running around with their heads cut off so if you have a vision and the underlying thinking is concrete and it seems like the basketball fit is there, which potentially is the case with Anthony Black. I think that's fine. Um, I do like Black for his intangibles. Like, you know, he's a multi-sport athlete. Um, He is very dedicated to improving as a basketball player. Uh, He practices a lot. He practices game a lot. He has a lot of passion for basketball. So those are all very nice things. And then, of course, Rohan mentioned, you know, his physical measures. Um, He has great size especially for a guard i don't think it's very much necessary for him to be a point guard in the nba but as an off guard the amount of creation ability he's shown in college has been enough um to to tell me that that's a that's um what's the word sorry a positive sign um so I, i i think you know very short answer it depends, Jay, but in this situation with this prospect we're talking about right here, I'm okay. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I agree with you guys on that. Like, I mean, ideally, you would pick a starter at 10 or, you know, the player you pick would be capable of starting. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, if it does take a season or two for that player to turn into the starter, uh, if their ceiling is that high or you believe that to be, then I think it's worth taking it Um you know, and and just making sure that you put the work in, and and I'm, I'm glad you made that point about Anthony Black's uh, work ethic because I think that's always important with the rookie and knowing that he's you know has that dedication. Um, I think is is I'm sure attractive to front offices as well. To answer your question, uh, I think Basel did a pretty good job of explaining why Anthony Black has a w- wouldn't be disappointing if it, if he didn't start. But I will say. Looking at this Mavs depth chart, let's say they solve the issues at like four and five on their starting lineup, right? Three can be a low-key, like a revolving door. As long as Luka and Kyrie are healthy, you can just swap between black, green, and whoever your third guy is, right? If you even really have a third guy. But you can just swap between those two guys depending on who's shooting better, who's the better defensive matchup, you know, who has, who's on a hot streak. Um, I know we've talked about how we wouldn't want Josh Green starting, but I think in spots, as long as you solve the other two positional needs, it's not a horrible 
it's it's not, it's not like them alone is horrible right uh so i'm fine with not filling a positional need at the three right now if like Fazel said let's say Kyrie regresses a little bit we have now a shooting guard small forward who can start and play good minutes with the bench um Josh can stay off the bench play a great role there um you know you don't know what tomorrow's roster issues are going to be or not tomorrow's but like in three years, you don't know what the roster issues are going to be. So drafting for versatility in that aspect kind of negates, I think, the lack of a starter quality player at 10 immediately. So do you guys think if we take him, he would start or come off the bench? It all depends on his shooting. Like if if he fits really well next to Luka and Kyrie and for some reason the shooting is just great, I can see him starting weirdly quickly. Because um, I think his defense will quit, will click, um, but I I don't think his I don't think his driving is gonna work great as a starter or as like a as a high like right off the bench guy like THJ. Um, yeah, I just think there's gonna be volume issues. I think he'd probably come off the bench. I mean, that three position or even the four is probably gonna be. A position in which the Mavericks really do prioritize acquiring a quality player this offseason. So uh, I could see him maybe becoming a starter later on in the year once the Mavericks really sort out their rotations. But uh, to start, I do think it would probably be like a veteran player. Um, and if Anthony Black is starting, it would have meant that he had like a really great training camp or that the Mavericks offseason went really poorly after the draft. Yeah, I agree with Jay. Like immediately to start off the season, I really have my doubts that Anthony Black would be starting. But also, I think for most, if not all of his rookie season, he'd be coming off the bench. Uh, Jason Kidd certainly seems to have a hierarchy in mind when he really just makes all these decisions about the team and his rotations and whatnot. Um, For better or worse, I think that's been pretty well established. And you know, rookies, young players, we see Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, they don't come in pretty much on day one. And I'm sure you can go back to like, actually, no, sorry, in Milwaukee, Jason Kidd really did give some measure of trust to his young guys, but that was a completely different situation because that was a rebuilding team. Um, but still, like, you know, with the Mavs, I think the young guys, they've had to prove themselves first. And for the most part, they have um, whatever system the Mavs have in place to develop their young players I think undeniably I guess the sample size is pretty small but undeniably as from what we've been given the system has worked in terms of development and I have to credit that to Jason Kidd or whoever else is in charge of all of that so um, I, I think it's for the best you know to keep things slow and steady if it's proven to work um, I think Anthony Black is you know based off what I said he's more than likely a really coachable prospect and somebody who will really learn and um, absorb things well. So, um, yeah, I don't see any issues with bringing him off the bench to start the season and for probably most, if not all, of his rookie season. Well said, Fazel. I think uh, I agree with you on most of those points. And I feel like that's a pretty good overview of Anthony Black's like strengths and weaknesses and, and how it kind of translates to the Mavericks. I mean... 
the the simple fact of the matter is the Mavericks are pretty starved at talent, you know, in in almost all respects. So adding a player like Anthony Black is never going to hurt you. And so, you know, if that's the player they go with, I think that's a great selection. But as we also said, there's probably going to be the chance to pick someone else too, like Taylor Hendricks or Kaysen Wallace. And those are players you can't really go wrong with either. So I'm really excited for the draft. Uh, it can come soon enough. And, you know, we'll just keep reading and keeping our ears open for stuff uh, to try and give us a better idea of how the Mavericks are thinking leading up to June 23rd. Before we go, I do want to say on the note of Taylor Hendricks, because this was a pretty focused episode of the podcast. Um, you asked a question about starting starting quality players. I think Taylor Hendricks is a starting quality player at two of those positions of need. So I do agree with I that. I think that's maybe the only guy in this draft where you just put him alongside Anthony Black. Not really best player available, but you can even compare them on that, and I can see the debate. I'm saying in terms of fit for the Mavs, you could pick either of them, and I would not fault you for it, right? But yeah. I, either way, I think somebody's going to fault the Mavs. That's... Yeah, this is luckily a deep draft, so um, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed. And so far, things have been working out well because we got to keep our picks. So let's hope that the good times keep going. But thanks, guys, for joining me on this episode. Always great to talk about the Mavs and always great to be in a position to draft a lottery talent. So stay tuned for more from us at Mavs Film Room. Follow us on Twitter at Mavs Film Room if you haven't. Subscribe to us, rate us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcast from. We'll be back next week with another episode talking about whatever developments happen in the Mavs universe. Until then, go Mavs. Thanks for listening.